yesterday, Kansas City units, along with our mutual aid partners, uh, treated a total of 22 victims of the shooting incident. Um, we had one fatality that was on scene, eight critical, seven serious, and six patients with minor injuries. All the critical patients were transported off the scene uh, within 10 minutes of our point of contact with them. That was the fire chief for Kansas City who was at the press conference just a few minutes ago along with police chief Stacy Graves and Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas with the update on the ongoing investigation into the shooting that occurred at the Kansas City Chiefs Championship Parade. It left one person dead. She is Elizabeth Galvin, 43 years old, and 21 people shot. Over half of the victims who were shot are under the age of 16 years old. That was according to the uh, police chief, Stacy Graves. Right now, they're still looking at motivation and what exactly happened to cause the gunfire. They do believe that it was a dispute between two groups or between several people and that right now there is no... A link to terrorism or domestic extremism in any way. It, it seems to be at this point a dispute between groups when they started shooting. And because there were so many people downtown, they had upwards of a million people downtown Kansas City. And the the shooting erupted just before 2. So I think I saw 1.56 p.m. right before 2 right, o'clock. Yeah. On the west side of Union Station, there were reports that there might have been two scenes of shooting, but they believe it's just that one, the west side of Union Station. Yeah, so they're they're still looking to build a case here. And as you mentioned, the the three suspects are in custody. Two of them are juveniles. So we're not going to get their names, I don't think, anytime soon. Um, Maybe the adults, and, and it all depends. So while they are building a case... Amy, they are still looking for every bit of evidence. They've got about a day to get something to a prosecutor. And it sounded a bit like there was a little bit of frustration in the reporter pool. It was that tense. No, that I, nothing has been, tense. that no one's been charged yet yeah. because you have all of these witnesses. This was done in front of hundreds of people mm-hmm. who were in the immediate vicinity. I mean, there are a hundred people, uh, hundreds. Uh, you don't know how many people were paying attention yeah. to what happened, but... A lot of people saw something, right? They saw something. There were shooters who were tackled. The weapons were retrieved. You would think they would be able to determine this is the gun that was used. These are the fingerprints we saw. And with all of the the phone videos that are available, I know they do have a dedicated number in Kansas City now. If you've seen anything, you've heard anything, you have any idea to call that number. 816 Four one three thirty four seventy seven, and we have to guess that there were a number of people from the St. Louis area, mm-hmm. from our listening area, who went to that parade yesterday. May have been in the vicinity, may have seen something, may have something on their camera, on mm-hmm. their phone. Um, maybe took photos, maybe took uh, video, and don't realize that something occurred or that they have evidence of it. They're telling us, and they're telling you. That if there's anything you have, there's no tip too small. So go ahead and give them a call with whatever you have if you were there. 816-413-3477. And you can go to the FBI website. And by the way, the FBI follows up on every tip, every Mm -hmm. single tip. So tips.fbi.gov 
if you want to go that route. And about 11.30, we will chat with Paul Contreras. He drove to Kansas City from Omaha, or went to Kansas City from Omaha, and was one of the guys in that viral video of you see Chiefs fans tackling a shooter. Uh, Paul Contreras was one of those men. He was at the parade with his daughter, I think a few daughters. He'll be joining us at 11.30. Ranj, I'm glad you brought up the frustration that you could hear in the media press conference. I heard that yesterday. You which were like, is, why has nobody been charged? Mm-hmm. Everybody saw it. But there was frustration yesterday, yeah. too, which is kind of unusual so soon after event an event. And there was a rather aggressive reporter who said, wait a minute, or one second mayor, kind of pushing back at Quentin Lucas mm-hmm. and said to the police chief, you said this isn't Kansas City. But last year, that was the first question. We set a record number of homicides in Kansas City. He named several other shootings and incidents that had happened in the previous weeks. And I think he's asking her, how do you say this isn't Kansas City? Of course, she mentioned the almost one million peaceful people who were there. But that frustration with the violence, with gun violence, with gang violence that Kansas City has experienced, I feel that frustration because I do think in St. Louis, I could see St. Louisans having that same gut reaction. Of, yeah. No, this this is us. This is what we need to fix. Well, I wonder, and I've been thinking about this since it happened yesterday. I, I think I know the answer, and the answer is probably no. Hmm. Um, but I wonder if something like this can be a turning point. And maybe I, maybe I think it's naive or wishful or whatever it like is. Like if Sandy because, Hook wasn't. Well, let's let's be honest. Stuff like this happens all the time. Shootings happen all the time in St. Louis, in Kansas City. Kansas City is is we've we've talked about this before. It is a it's a good town. Um, a lot of people who go there like it. Mm-hmm. And they come back and say, hey, KC is pretty cool. It's on the, it's on the up. The downtown is on the up and up. They got a crime problem, though, too, just like us. Ours is worse, but theirs is still pretty bad. So it's not like everything in Kansas City is great. The narrative is always, when you talk about Missouri, it's always St. Louis sucks. St. Louis is dangerous. St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louis. It's never KC, but they have a similar crime problem. I wonder if, and and again, I, I think this is hope, but if something like this that... Crimes happen all the time. People get killed all the time. People get shot in neighborhoods. But it's almost like when it happens, you can just, eh, didn't happen in my neighborhood. I didn't see anything. Move on to the next thing. Because this happened in such a visible way with so many people involved, and it it effectively ruined a huge celebration. Yeah. The country was paying attention mm-hmm. to Kansas City yesterday. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world. But in terms of, you know, the Super Bowl and, and football, the NFL is a huge deal. And even more and so it, because of Taylor Swift. I mean, I know she, wasn't, she wasn't there, there. but they there were more eyeballs and more people paying attention to this parade yeah. than there would have been. And because of that, I wonder, and, and maybe it's just my hope, that something comes of it. One person has lost her life already, and... You know, I would have to guess that all the kids, eight or nine kids uh, between the ages of six and 15 were shot. And most of the injuries were life threatening in in some matter. Not all of these folks are going to die. Thankfully, um, many of them are going to pull through. But you, you I have to hope that because it happened and 
people in Kansas City are angry. And I think people in the state of Missouri and even here, even though it didn't happen here, people in St. Louis are angry about it. I just, I have to hope there's some kind of movement in a positive direction and something comes of this. Because it's, it, it, again, these things happen all the time, but they don't always happen right in front of our faces. This one did. Mm -hmm. So can something good please come from this? Other than these kids, uh, these uh, one adult and two kids, and we don't really know exactly who's responsible for what. Three people are in custody. Maybe only one of them shot, two of them, all three of them. Who knows? But uh, beyond them being punished, something substantive has to happen. The images, if, if there's one good thing that comes from people having videos on their phone and there being lots of coverage, is that images can change things for people. Uh, it's why we've said with Uvalde, don't make those images available to the public, uh, just out of respect for the families. But if you are a lawmaker, if you are a governor, if you are a congressperson, if you are the president, you need to see what happened at Uvalde if you are a leader. And I think with these images, because they're already so public, and it was the contrast of this celebratory moment. It was Kansas City, Missouri, right? You have the heart of, of America. You have so many families, so many kids. And then you hear the gunshots. You see the terror. You see you know, kids running and families running and trying to reunite. with. Imagine you get separated from your child because people start stampeding out. Um, And there's drunk people. And so, you know, they're stumbling around. It's easy to get separated from a child in that chaos. And then you're thinking, is my child okay? So it's it. There are people who suffered trauma physically as well as mentally because they were shot and they were uh, injured, which is horrible. Then there are people who have mental trauma from the images that they saw, seeing kids shot on the ground, bleeding. And then the trauma from being a parent who maybe didn't even see anything but heard the noise, got separated from a child or from a loved one, whatever it may be. And we're seeing this because of phone videos. We're seeing it uh, because of the extensive coverage. Maybe something like this helps us try to enact some change. You know, Uvalde, um, I don't know what it was about that school shooting because we've had so many of them where so many kids died uh, maybe it was just, okay, enough's enough, that there was some kind of law that passed, you know. And I wonder I, if and, it had anything to do with just the inaction and cowardice of the law enforcement in Uvalde. It there, might be. There was something that, was, that hit people and was so shockingly infuriating about Uvalde. Because, I mean, my goodness, Sandy Hook was so tragic, but I get there weren't. There wasn't as much for people to see, I guess, you know, and that's I mean, that's why images are powerful and you can only show so much. I do think that out of respect for the families, but lawmakers need to see it. They need to see Sandy Hook. They need to see Uvalde. But I. My issue with it, um, as I think about it, is nothing's going to change. That's and maybe that's uh, cynicism. I, I think it's I think it's logical skepticism, though. Yeah, but maybe I am being cynical to the extent that I just don't believe I don't believe anything is going to happen here. I don't. I think we're going to go about our business. You're going to have the same people say the same stuff 
all the time, well, it's not the guns, it's the people. Okay, well, then what are you going to do about if, – if, if, it's, if it's mental illness, if it is something along those lines, all right, what's your plan for that? What's your plan then? Because no plan is not good enough. And, and, and let's not talk about the guns is not good enough. Yeah. It's well, give, peop- give me something of substance that's going to change something. It's the people and it's the guns because they're so it's widely available. And that's the thing. If you say it's just the people, well, then you're saying, I guess, that Americans are uniquely bad and awful. Yep. Because this is this the number of shootings, the mass shootings, the school shootings, this is uniquely American in nature and volume. And so and it's not even close. So if it's just the people, then we are saying then America is uniquely bad people and uniquely bad policing. And we're just bad at everything. No, it's it's also the guns. There's so many guns and they're so easy to get. Uh, Paul Contreras, who tackled one of the suspected shooters yesterday, he is going to join us at the bottom of the hour just after the 1130 news. Um, so we'll talk to Paul. We also want to talk to you, 314-436-7900. Chris and Amy on KMOX. I do think that there is a gun violence challenge in this community and many others, and there certainly is a gun violence challenge as it relates to major events. That, however, does not mean that Kansas City will stop having major events. We will do all we can to make sure people are safe, and that's why I think you're seeing so many people at KCPD and the Kansas City Fire Department doing work to address that. That is the mayor of Kansas City, Quentin Lucas, talking this morning, um, just about a little under an hour ago, a press conference with him, with the chief of police, with the uh, chief of fire. And we know about the shooting yesterday that happened. Three people are in custody at the moment, two of them juveniles. They believe there was only one location of the shooting and nothing beyond that. They do not believe it was terrorism. Um, just a dispute that spilled into gunfire. Mm. So that's what happened. Chris and Amy show. Let's get to a phone call. We'll talk to Doug and Ferguson on KMOX. Hi, Doug. Hi. So I have two thoughts. First, the Second Amendment, which is a constitutionally protected right, is the hardest one to use already. There's 15,000 gun laws. When somebody says something stupid, we don't try to take away their their right to free speech. Second, um, there are a lot of things we can do that aren't banning guns. You're not getting rid of 400 million guns unless you want to confiscate. So what you have to do is you have to deal with social work. You have to do intervention programs. You have to do um, mental health, you know, checks with, with, especially with the kids these days. Kids are struggling mightily now. Um, those are the things we can do. But the lazy, easy way is let's just ban more guns well, or I let's don't... let's have red flags. Yeah, let's, let's well, parse see, that out a I, bit. I would say those are two different things. No one wants to take away 400 million guns. You're not going to be able to do that. No one's proposing it. Nobody ever will. Um, when it comes to red flag laws, you have very red states, bastions of Republican Republican policy like Florida, like Arizona, that effectively enacted red flag laws. They have an extremely high burden of proof for anybody who proposes that, you know, put someone up and said, this is my son. This is my brother. Here are the here's the evidence that I think you should take his gun for 24 hours while you investigate because he's been making threats to me right. and to his school. And the burden of proof is so high. And Florida, which um, the who was it? One of the congressmen called it the gun shine state because it has such 
free gun laws. They enacted red flag laws that have helped stop potentially over 7,000 incidents since Parkland. Well, We're not saying take away guns. It's you, you have people who are showing mental illness, harmful intent, and threatening, and the police can't do anything. I would also um, say that the First Amendment, that right is not absolute. Mm-hmm. There are still restrictions. You cannot say whatever you want, wherever you want, without uh, the threat of being punished for it. You just can't be jailed for speaking your mind on things. Um, you can you can be in trouble for threatening people. You can't you can't just give threats. There there are guardrails. There mm-hmm. are restrictions to your First Amendment rights. You can't just do whatever in the hell you want to with no repercussions. And when that you, doesn't exist. When you see some of the actions, the evidence, the foreshadowing of their actions by these eventual shooters or mass shooters, I'm not talking about yesterday. I'm just talking about some of the more high-profile shooting cases we've seen in the past couple of years. Their actions are so flagrantly, objectively threatening unsound and they're what they're proposing are criminal and the fact that police have to give these people their guns back cvpa the parents could, they, they couldn't do anything the about parents it. were begging them this the police guy, couldn't take his they gun couldn't take his gun and i don't think it would anybody argue now that that kid shouldn't have had a gun and if you say well that and if you want to make that argument good luck yeah well the same thing with the uvalde Shooter, and if you say, "Well, these these gun laws won't stop all of them," no. But if you think it's not worth stopping a Uvalde, go tell the parents that. It's Chris and Amy on KMOX. When we come back, um, the man who tackled one of the shooting suspects, Paul Contreras, was at the parade yesterday, and he is next with us on KMOX. Chris Ranji, Amy Mark scores alongside you on a Thursday morning. We've been talking about the tragedy uh, that happened yesterday at the Kansas City Chiefs Championship Parade when there was gunfire. One person was killed, 21 people shot. Over half of the victims are under the age of 16. And if you have seen any of the videos coming out of yesterday, you may have seen one of the more viral videos of what appears to be the shooter running through a crowd when he is tackled by several Chiefs fans. Well, we have with us now Paul Contreras, a Chiefs fan from Nebraska, who was one of the men who helped tackle the shooter yesterday. Paul, thank you first so much for joining us today. I can only imagine that it has been a very difficult and surreal 24 hours. Yes, yes, it has. It's it's been quite hectic but it's all good yeah as amy said it it has been just under Mm -hmm. 24 hours and yesterday must have been for you um a lot of it is adrenaline probably carrying you throughout the day now that you've had almost a day to process it what's going through your mind uh you know it's 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 still fresh it's uh you know it's it's still there you know it Everything happens so fast that, you know, it it, it, it is what it is, you know. I, I, I did without thinking it was just a reaction. Can you walk me through that moment? You're in the crowd. You were with your with your three daughters, right, at that time. And you, were you walking back to your car? Were you thinking the celebration was over? And then 
What happened? What did you hear? How did the tackle come about? Yes, we were, the, the ceremony was over. So we were walking toward our vehicle with everybody else. And uh, we hear, you know, pop, 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 you know, which to us sounded like fireworks. And then about 30 seconds later or so, give or take, here comes one kid running as fast as he can and another kid running as fast as he can. And then here comes a cop, another cop, another cop. I mean, just so many cops chasing these two young men. So we're like, okay, well, maybe those that wasn't fireworks. Maybe that was gunfire. So... They got the bridge closed off on the other end, so which we did not know, but apparently they apprehended one suspect, and the other suspect turned around and was heading back, you know, uh, in the opposite direction. And out of nowhere, some guy is just screaming out of the top of his lungs to stop this kid, stop this young man, you know, stop him, you know, uh, tackle him, do whatever. And and I had the perfect angle, and that's what I did. I tackled him, and, I, and in the process of tackling him, I I either hit it out of his hand or I fell out of his jacket, his sleeve, whatever was a gun. So as I'm taking him down, I see that gun fall to the ground, and I think to myself, okay, well he's got one gun, he may have another one, so I need to keep him on the ground as much as I can. And then another good Samaritan came over because I had him like up high around his head and whatnot. And the other guy took him around his waist and we're just putting our weight on him to keep him down and keep him from not getting up and waiting for the cops to get there. And then they get there. First cop, second cop, third cop. Okay. They relieve us from, holding him down, they're holding him down, putting putting him under handcuffs. And I remember getting up and going, where's that gun at? You know, because I didn't see it. Well, another officer had kind of, I guess, kicked it off to the side, and he was, he had it between his feet saying, I got the gun right over here. I said, okay, I just want to make sure, you know, somebody had that gun and not somebody else who's picked it up and walked away with it. Did you get a good look at the weapon? I know you said you knocked it away, but did you... We've seen video, and you can't really tell what it is or how big it is, but it seems like it was uh, sort of a larger weapon. Yes, correct. You know, the only good look I got at it was when he dropped it. Because I seen it hit the ground, and I and I got... That was my really only good look at it, is when, it, when he dropped it or it fell out of his jacket, whatever the case may be. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good size and it was black. You said you were able to grab him. You were up high and then another person grabbed him around the waist. Was it difficult to hold him down? Did did you feel like you were holding him down for a long time before the cop scout got there? Yes, it did. It might only been like 30 seconds or whatever the case may be, but it felt like minutes. But I, I know it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he was, as much as I was fighting to keep him down, he was fighting to get away. Did he you say know? anything? He, not, not that I recall. 
my, my whole mindset was just to keep him down until law enforcement got there. Paul, do you have any background in military or law enforcement that you were able to spring into action? Like, that's your reaction. I know so many of us wonder, you know, in that moment, would we would we know what to do? Would we know how to act? And you were able to do be so courageous in that moment. No, I have none of that background. It was just like, if you had to think about it, you shouldn't do it. To me, it was just a reaction. It was just in the moment, and I did what I did. When the cops did show up, did they know immediately that you and the other people were were good Samaritans? Could they tell within the chaos that you were holding down the shooter, or were they trying to figure out who was who in that moment? Yeah, they 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 didn't really know. They kind of looked at me like I was a suspect. I kind of got that, but we really didn't say any words. When they got there, I'm like, you know, I mean, me and the other gentleman holding him down were like, you know, uh, handcuff him and this and that, and they were kind of like, the first one was kind of like looking at me like, you know, like like I did something wrong, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, it, it was it, it was so chaotic, right? You know, it, it, it you know, they got to keep their head on a swivel because there were so many people there. But you know, I mean, I I did what I did, and the other good Samaritan did what he did, and we just wanted him to get apprehended because, you know, when I tackled him, like I said, I, I seen the gun, seen the gun, either he dropped it or fell out of his jacket of, of, of somehow. Did they, did the police talk to you, question you right after the fact, or, or did you just sort of get up and, and leave? Well, I got up and I had to make sure where my, all my daughters were. I was there with my three daughters. My one daughter was right there by me. My other two daughters were not far. So we all got together, and we stood there for about a a minute, maybe two minutes at most. Nobody came up to me. Nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody did nothing. So I told my daughters, I said, let's go. Let's get out of here. And so has there been a follow-up? They haven't reached out to you or or anything like that? Uh, About an hour ago, they reached out to me. Okay. And do they want you to come back in, or was it just a phone interview? What do they, what do they want from you? Well, right now it's a phone interview, mm-hmm. and they said they will most likely contact me again. They're not for sure when. Were you um, injured at all in the scuffle? Are you okay physically after that? Yeah, I'm fine. Just little scrapes and bruises and soreness, but overall okay. And how's your family? We're doing fine. Thank you. I I did read that it sounds like your daughter, who was closest to you, also had the presence of mind to watch out for your wallet or your phone to make sure that your stuff didn't get lost in the scuffle and keeping track of you. And I imagined that with all of the chaos, um, you're proud of their actions as well. Yes, correct. And she's right here. She can uh, she can talk and. Yeah. You know, and uh, let you know what she's seen and heard and said and what she did also. That would be excellent. Is this Alyssa that we'll be speaking to? 
Yes. Yeah. Alyssa, what did you... Explain to us your experience hearing the yelling and seeing your dad go into action. I mean, from the moment the pops kind of went off, we all thought it was fireworks. And then as soon as we saw just offenders running and multiple cops running, we all, I think, kind of assumed, okay, those weren't fireworks. But after that, everything kind of happened so fast uh, when we were trying to leave and get over the bridge and we came to a stop. After that, it was just everybody turned around and ran because that second offender was running back at us with what was a gun in his jacket or his hand. Um, So you just see, you know, millions of people jumping over barricades, you know, grabbing loved ones. And then I noticed my older sister along with my younger sister, you know, just running to find safety. And then as soon as I turned back around to see where my dad was, he's, you know, tackling the second offender. Were you afraid in the moment? I think with everything happening so fast, I didn't even have a second to really comprehend exactly what was going on. But as we were leaving and walking away, it was it was just so unbelievable and just so speechless to even think, you know, what we had just went through. Mm. Yeah, I when the immediate surrounding, the cops are yelling, people are yelling, your dad is tackling the shooter. There were still so many people around you. Did they seem to know what was going on? Were they just walking by? Were people still running to get away from the scene? From what I could tell, I mean, there were some people who I think did recognize exactly what was going on. But then also I did notice there were still people just kind of standing around the barricade, I think not realizing exactly what had just happened. You know, I I asked your father just a a moment ago how, you know, we're – almost 24 hours since this happened and i'm sure yesterday was overwhelming for for both of you um how are you feeling today as you as you've had some time to think about it i mean uh my adrenaline is definitely down i think um overall it's still just so shocking and i think just you know not even having a second to really just sit down relax and just you know kind of go over and just think about how our last 24 hours have been. Um, It's just kind of hard to put it all together into words. And and I'm sure a lot of people, we reached Mm -hmm. out to you and we're very thankful. And I know St. Louis is thankful that you're, you're taking time to, to talk with us today. You must have been contacted in the last 20 hours by all kinds of people. I'm assuming. Oh, yes. From I probably couldn't even give you the amount of calls or emails or texts that we've gotten. It's honestly been unimaginable to even think that our lives, you know, have gone into 360 in 24 hours. Well, and that makes us appreciate the time you're giving us even that much more. And it, it really is extraordinary what your dad did, what you did, because I think we all wonder in these moments how we would act and the fact that you and your family acted so courageously, instinctively brave in a moment of tragedy when the whole world was watching is extraordinary. So thank you so much to you, to your dad, Paul, for taking the action that you did in that moment. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Please take care of yourselves. Yes, Yes, we will. Thank you so much for reaching out. Thank you. We can't thank you enough. Paul that, Contreras and Alyssa Marsh Contreras, who were there, and, mm-hmm. and Paul tackled the shooter and uh, the suspected shooter, we should say. Yeah, one of, I, just extraordinary. Um, yeah, if, if you're just 
turning on the radio station um, of the Odyssey app. If you if you missed any of the interview, I highly recommend It'll you go all back. Be there. You, you yep. can listen to the whole interview also on the podcast. I again, I I can't. It's it. Uh, it I I think about this all the time, being in crowds, mm-hmm. um, and I've kind of thought this way since honestly since right after nine eleven. I remember being in New Orleans for the that Super Bowl, and it knew what. Four months later, yeah. it happens after 9-11, thinking always head on a swivel, just uh, what's going on over here? What's this person doing? What's that person doing? And then with all these shootings in public, I think about it all the time. How would I react if it actually happens? And I don't know that I would do what, what they mm-hmm. did. I don't know that I would like to think that I would do what Paul did mm-hmm. or have the, the, the mindset to do that. But I don't know for sure. I, I don't. I don't know either. I like I, I agree with you. I think about it. I worry about it. like, will I act bravely in that moment? And again, the fact that Paul did that in that situation and the world was watching um, to stand up to the moment is just incredible. It's Chris and Amy on KMOX. We do have tickets to give away um, as we have been doing all week long, giving away tickets to see Luke Bryan in concert at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. It's happening on July 28th. In the next hour, we will give those away. You need to be listening for your opportunity to win a pair of tickets to see Luke. And uh, also tomorrow, we'll give those away. And tomorrow, Amy, mm-hmm. we're broadcasting live from St. Louis University. That's right. From the Student Center, the Bill... The Bush Student the Center. The Bush Student Center, the Bill Grill, the Billikens Grill. That's right. That's where we'll be. Uh, and in anticipation... Of the Billikens Blizzard yep. basketball game tomorrow night. And if when you buy tickets, KMOX is a sponsor, all of that, you get T-shirts. Get a T-shirt. Everybody loves a T-shirt. You want tickets for Billikens against VCU tomorrow night? SlewBillikens.com. We got a recap for you. And no, actually, we got Matt Pauley coming up next. We've had to rearrange everything today. Matt Pauley uh, will join us from spring training next on KMOX.